simple yesterday what's going on everybody welcome back to another rugby muscle podcast i'm your host as always tj and in today's episode we've got my man tom loyally joining us tom is a long time team rugby muscle member in fact we could call him a founding member because he started out by doing our pre-season program that we released two years ago um, then has done some one-on-one coaching and now he is one of the first people running through all of the awesome blocks of training at team rugby muscle using our new app that start that was released in the summer i thought i'd get tom on because people have been asking for more uh, just like regular folk tom tom is not a regular folk but he's that people have been asking for more just general players general athletes to get their opinions on how they do things and i thought tom's a great example because not only is he a, a really good customer of ours he is also a master's graduate in i think sports physiology or sports science one of those one of those sort of sports guys he is a graduate a master's graduate himself so he knows his shit but it's interesting to see how he struggled with his real life problems um, he came into the program having lost a bunch of weight um, and reestablished his sort of overall relationship with food and then has since understood it even more once he went through the one-on-one coaching he also has taken his game to new higher levels than he ever thought possible through the coaching he's a beast of a player and he made he likes to call himself a rugby muscle model because he made the his his picture was used for a lot of the um, promotions and stuff that we did for the team rugby muscle app um but yeah tom's a really good dude he's also not someone that is like overly obsessed with rugby he just wants to become a better player um but also live a normal life around that and i think you get a really good insight into how he's managed to do this in this episode he's also really like like i said a really smart dude funny dude so i really did enjoy doing this podcast and if you enjoyed it or as always give us a five-star review if you want to understand like what tom has done with understand your diet how to make it work for you whilst eating the foods that you enjoy go to rugby-muscle.com forward slash diet and if you want to make sure that you're getting in enough field work to be in condition to play the best rugby that you can not just lift all the weights then you want to go to rugby-muscle.com where you'll download our 50 free rugby conditioning sessions with that all said let's get into this episode with tom lawley Boom. Hello there. What's going on, mate? You sound you sound good. Oh, cheers, mate. First compliment of the day. Uh, is it? It's a bit late out there to, for you to be having your first compliment. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know where I work. That's the issue. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. All right, dude. What's going on? Uh, not much, to be fair. Pretty chill over here. How's things with you? All good. Uh, I would not say chill, but st- still, still good nonetheless. That's, how, that's yeah. how I try and keep it. Wait, so guess what? What? I've already pressed record. So <laughs> <laughs> I figured we'd just do it. Um, I've already bigged you up in the... Um, in. Well, actually, I wouldn't have bigged you up as much as what you think, but I've told people who you are. But do you want to give us like a quick Cliff Notes version? If you were to introduce yourself, I don't know, on like a speed dating uh, night or something? Oh, God. Um I guess so. 
Uh, my name's Tom. I'm a rugby player. I primarily want to be a centre, but seem to get stuck out on the wing. Um, I love going to the gym. Not really on the. Uh, don't really love eating healthy, but I do try my best. I have a love for food, but probably not the healthiest. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's what I can really say. Really. What's your job? I'm a data analyst at the moment. It's not really what I want to be doing. I'd rather become something more to do with sport. Mm -hmm. so got my undergrad and masters in sports science, but um, you kind of get those intermediate jobs before you can get what you really want. Yeah. Money in the bank. Got to got to pay the bills, right? Exactly. Skills, unfortunately, don't pay the bills. Do they not? I was told. I was told the opposite. Well, you know, I haven't found that yet. Hopefully, <laughs> one day I will. <laughs> Excellent, mate. Excellent. Um, yeah. So hold on. Let me just adjust the volume. Good. All right. So yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll start from the beginning, I guess, with your story. Uh, when did you first start playing rugby, mate? Oh God, when I was probably fourteen. So quite late compared to most people. Did you um, play other sports before that? Yeah, I was mainly a footballer before that. Ooh. Kind of did the whole like going for youth teams and um, clubs and all that. Tried to go for trials with uh, various teams, but <laughs> was never good enough. Yeah. Um, but mainly just did it because I loved it. Like, loved playing sport and being outside and active rather than, like, wanting to be a professional or something like that. Were you one of those kids that just did all the different sports growing up as well? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like, be on every single team. <clears throat> Football, eventually rugby, cross-country, athletics, basketball, everything. Just do it all. yeah. And, and I guess it's easier to fall into football because it's like the most organised one and obviously the one that you're going to see the most. Yeah, yeah. Like we'll have a football team um, or football at lunches, lunchtime, break times, all that kind of stuff. Everyone loves it. Yeah, I used to, oh man, I used to love playing football at lunchtime. Oh, we used to live for it. You play, play Wembley singles or Wembley or World Cup singles, World Cup doubles. All that stuff. Got to get all the headers and volleys. Yes. Mate, <laughs> what a game. And then you... And then when would you would you do it where you'd have to you play red ass at the end as well? Whoever concedes like the the last goal or whatever is in, whoever's in goal for it. Yeah, yeah, on line up, but you wouldn't let the teachers see. No, of course, but you got to have a little bit of risk to make them competitive. Otherwise, <laughs> uh, those are such great memories. And then the bad memory was when I tried uh, a bicycle kick, which I nailed, by the way, but completely <laughs> ripped my uh, trousers the, through the whole <laughs> seam in the middle. <laughs> I just remember ruining every single pair of school shoes ever had you know they wouldn't last the term just because they'd be ripped up from playing you, you would you'd, you'd buy your school shoes based upon like how you'd be able to strike a ball with them you wouldn't because you wouldn't get you wouldn't want those pointy ones because you know there's no way you're playing in those we're just toe poking that all day long <laughs> yeah excellent all right anyway so um you 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 eventually got to rugby at 14 um what got you into rugby um, so the school I was at was planning a tour to Canada, um, a rugby tour, and I was always quite quick. So the PE teacher at the time just said, we can need a few more boys to go, on this, to go out there. Why don't you give it a go? Um, I think in the first game I played, I kind of got the ball and just went full pelt, not really knowing what a sidestep was, and just loved it from then, really, just ball in hand. Um, I think I've had a good load of teammates who are quite um, encouraging because I was pretty gash at the start, as you would be. But like people would just, you know, would help me do extras, maybe like learning to catch. 
Um, yeah, I loved it from then. And then actually going on tour was probably one of the best experiences probably had. Um, so that made me fall in love a bit more. I'd like to carry on after school for uni and then after uni as well. Yeah, for sure. U- university is always one of the best parts because it's, it's, it's camaraderie almost like no other. And then to try and keep that going, <clears throat> and I sort of say this to my boys that I coach now, or my men that I coach now, it's like um, you, you don't really get it in life anymore. Like, But essentially you get to go to, you get to, go to war every week with your best mates in a yeah, way. Exactly. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. Like, where else do you form, like, a brotherhood? Like, most people have shitty jobs that they hate, so <laughs> you, haven't got brother, you haven't got a brotherhood there. Like, where have you got it? And the chance to perform as a team and all that sort of stuff, yeah. I think yeah, it definitely nice. trumps football. And also, you don't get all the whiners that you do in soccer. No, no, everyone's usually um, usually got a good head on their shoulders, like, less bitchiness than you do find in football. Except maybe, like, a 9 or a 10, usually. You always get that one chirpy back. Just yeah, but they, they make up for it by being just outstanding skills. So sometimes, actually, it's it's that's true. Every really whiny, chirpy back that I've known has been also a really, really good player. It's an unreal player. That's well, you kind of got to have someone to balance out the negatives, don't you? I guess so. Okay, so you got into so you got into rugby, and then um, let's start to fast forward. Was was it was uni where you sort of struggled with uh, nutrition and stuff? Yeah, so like. First year of uni, precious week, drinking all the beer, getting Mackies, takeaways, all that kind of stuff after a lads, 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 lads. Lads, lads, um, I kind of got um, screwed a little bit at university where there was two types of accommodation. Like one was catered, one wasn't. And I went with the catered option because it sounded good at the time, but it was mainly just shit food at really terrible times. So like never fit anyone's routine. So you'd always kind of get food afterwards. But you couldn't really get any decent food because you couldn't cook it. So it was all your kind of takeaways and stuff. And it's one of them, you don't realize how, um, say, bad habit and how essentially my get how fat you get into it's too late. And then you're just like, oh, I can't do something about this now. And then that's the, that's where all the hard work starts. So, yeah. So uh, um, I want to sort of unpack that. So uh, in uni, so, so, what was it Kate? You had like catered hours, and then if you were outside those hours, you were just you were screwed, and so you get fast food or what? Yeah, so there was generally like a two-hour, three-hour window of breakfast, and then the same again for um, dinner as well. But if you're on like a team, like I was playing rugby, um, you'd always have training after that, um, and I really hate um, doing any sort of sport haven't eaten quite recently mm-hmm. so I wouldn't eat because I'd either throw up or I'd just feel disgusting while I'm training or playing so <clears throat> didn't eat but then didn't really have anything decent to eat afterwards and then just being a bit of a dumb lazy student I was like well I'm going to call up like a local takeaway get a Domino's or something which you kind of convince yourself in your own head like well you've just trained for an hour and a half like doing yeah. a session it's like well what's a Domino's going to do um you know, probably doing a sports science degree at that point was really good because I understand what calories were, but <laughs> before I was so clueless. <laughs> but you can also you can also kind of just um, ignore it to a point as well because you, you you know it's it's so easy just to forget how quite how calorific some of those um, takeaway foods can be because it's it's shocking, man. Like 
like a lot of food <clears throat> when you're used to eating like good stuff when you look at stuff that's like bad it's it's unbelievable like a palm-sized bit of i don't know yeah dominoes like a deep dish dominoes like just one slice is is equivalent to like a giant fucking meal of healthy stuff um yeah it's crazy it's crazy and then doing that a couple couple of times a week like you just balloon as a couple of that with going out drinking several pints all that on a night out as well just the amount of calories taken in there was just unbelievable and then did you do the the, the usual um college thing of or usual drinking thing should i say of getting boozed up and then the next day like you're like oh i'm really hung over i i guess i better eat shit to make me feel better yeah yeah comfort food all that kind of stuff yeah you're doing everything as bad as possible it's um, it's that thing your body's like crying out for nutrients when you're hungover. It's like please just give me something, give me some sort of nutrition to make me feel better. And people like what's it, it, yeah, you just feed it more fried food and more crap, and it's like no, that's that's the opposite of what what you want to be doing. Yeah, you never feel better. But you get that visualization in your head of um, soaking up the alcohol somehow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Give me, give us some numbers. So you went from what weight to what weight? How much did you? How much weight did you actually gain once you decided? Oh shit, I've got to fix this. So I don't really know how heavy I was before uni because I never had, I never needed to track my weight. Mm-hmm. I was like pretty average kid, probably a bit more muscly than usual because than most other people because I was playing a lot of sport. But I'd hazard a guess of like 80, 80 kg mid eighties. Because that's what I am now, and I'm pretty much um, how I looked before. Um, and then, a bit, well, I was trying to think. At the end of my first year, we did like a practical where we had to weigh ourselves some stupid what bike session um, for some reason. But I was like 120 kg. 120? Like, yeah, 120. Like a massive, like throughout the whole year. Um, was it second year? Either way, between like first and second year, um, like a massive jump. Yeah. So. And it, was that like the realization that holy shit, I'm a lot bigger than uh, I think. I keep bullshitting myself that I am. Um, in a sense, yeah, I definitely knew I had an issue because um, I kind of got injured playing rugby in the first year, so I was doing a lot less exercise. So then I was like, well. While I'm trying to like rehab, I've gone a couple of runs and that yeah. kind of stuff. Definitely trying to do something, but like you can't, you can't outwork like a shitty diet. Um, but then it's when I saw it was 120 kg. It was like right, that kind of cemented it in my head that actually got to sort something out because that's just not what I wanted to be. Yeah, but it's it's so easy just to um, like let those, let that weight pile up pile up pile up over a long like you know a year is still a long period of time for, for to gain that sort of weight and it's yeah. you, call, you sort of just yeah. tell yourself you uh, you know when i get fitter i'm going to get back in shape or when i you know when i when i'm not injured or when whatever happens oh yeah i'll this will this will nip this in the bud soon enough and before you know it you're just making it harder and harder and harder and harder for yourself the whole time yeah and also you don't really notice like the physique change because you see yourself every day, so you don't really notice like how much you gain. But then once like you do realize it, then you're like, oh shit, yeah, I've got a huge belly and some good old man titties going on. Yeah, because you, especially dudes, we can convince ourselves that we're just sort of bulking. 
yeah. Oh, I could do I could do with losing a few pounds, but you know I'll do that eventually. And before you know it, that few pounds has actually become twenty, thirty pounds, and you're like, oh crap, because I mean, same things happened to me a few times. Like I remember my first year when I was in the Middle East, and uh, I was out. You know, I wasn't ladding out every every night, but I was definitely ladding out every weekend. And um, and then yeah, like the same thing, eating shitty food uh, the day after. And I I remember I remember once I got home really drunk with my housemate, and uh, we both ordered two. We we ordered a large a large pizza each, and by the time the pizza guy showed up, he was already completely passed out, couldn't pay for it. So I was like, "Fuck this guy!" And I decided to eat both of those pizzas. <laughs> yeah, I was like on a mission. I felt rough the next day. Oh, I can but imagine. Suffice to say, yeah, that that time I I managed to do the exact same thing, except not quite to 120. I got to 110 kilos. I remember, and I remember, I distinctly remember because, you know, over the course of four or five months, this was all that that weight was packing on, and then. Um, the first time I really noticed how bad it got was when I went to Poland camp and they were like, oh my God, why are you so fat? <laughs> and then I was like, what do you mean? I'm like, you're, you're fat. Like, what's, what's just happened here? And, uh, and then I, <clears throat> I remember set, stepping on the scales and the Frenchies were like, Santis! And uh, like, it took me a couple seconds to figure out that that meant 110 in French. I was like, holy fuck, I'm 110 kilos. And that was like, got back from there and that was the start of me properly figuring out like everything that there is to find out about diet because i knew a few things before and i tried all these like i tried a bunch but that was genuinely the start of like me really doing yeah nutrition not just weights but nutrition as a as a main thing that i was going to do but yeah um so you gained all that weight so you finally got that um realization like holy shit i've got to do something what then changed from there what changes Um, did you make a change to make. Um, so, obviously, in second year, I moved out of um, pool. So I was in a house with some housemates, um, and then it was generally I, in my head. I didn't really have like a massive um, understanding of nutrition. I was obviously doing a sports science degree. They kind of touch on it, but I didn't get like an in-depth. Yeah. Learning. Um, so, in my head, it was just kind of like, well, you do like to eat, but why don't you just eat less? Then what you have in. So like I generally have breakfast, lunch and dinner, and then a snack or two in between. So I was like, well, what if I just make those meals smaller? Uh, I was walking or cycling to uni. I was walking there and back, um, playing rugby as well. Um, and yeah, I just made an effort to like walk more often. So I was kind of like, well, if I eat less, exercise a bit more. Uh, I was going to the gym a bit as well, but not like massively regularly. And then that kind of started off losing a bit so over a couple of months it was like a slow burn um, yeah but I made some progress so i was like right i'll kick on with this um so when so you yeah. say you were having smaller meals than before though like with i guess were they still take were you so you weren't doing the takeaways as well you no, was, no, was that right. a big switch so going from like home cooked or going from you know whatever the shitty caterers was or the other stuff to home cooked food yeah so it was um yeah so like the takeaway in the first year, like two or three a week, and then it was like maybe once a month if um, we were staying in as like housemates and that to watch a movie or something, then we might get a takeaway. But for the most part, I was quite good with just being like, now I'll skip out 
because also at that point I'd had so many that it sounds really bad to say, but I was like kind of bored of it as well. You know, so, I get it. Yeah, but <laughs> burnt out on crap food. Yeah, which um, which is sometimes a blessing in disguise. It's like I don't really want to go through with all of that. I think I think it's also just a consciousness of like this food has not done me any good. And so you sort of develop that, like that's a, something that will probably be in your subconscious saying, hey, this food has you know, made me have to go through all this other stuff that I've got to do now to try and lose that weight. So I, I kind of want to stay away from it. Yeah, and you also feel, just feel so crap when you eat that food the next day, like regardless if you've been drinking or not, it just doesn't sit well. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't really provide any good nutritional benefits. So, and so then you, like eat. But you wouldn't just completely avoid the fast food. It's more a case of... Um, like just just awareness that it's not standard, it's not every meal because that's that's most uni kids, right? It's it's that you don't like so many people. I always look when I look in a general public, like people just don't think about ever think about like calorie content of food ever. Like it never yeah. like they're just like oh this is kind of bad, but they just whereas now you're becoming more aware and you're like right, um, I will have this, but I'm aware that this isn't what I should be eating most of the time. Yeah, that's no, basically it. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet, cool, um, and then so you started getting to the gym, and then where did it, where did you go from there? Um, so it was kind of gym on and off, um, walking and that lot, and then third year came around, and then it was around the time that I found your um, your Instagram, mm-hmm. and then you were advertising a ah, oh, it was like a rugby based program, and it was like three days a week. I think it was a pre-season program, if I remember it correctly. Yeah, one of those, and uh, bought it, did it, and then you did as like a side on there, like nutrition bit. So I kind of looked into that as well. Um, so were, you, were you sort of stagnating at this point, or were you just like pushing it, but knew that you might stagnate at some point, or just trying to figure out what to do in the gym? Because you said you were gymming off and on, but not overly yeah, so regularly. I kind of got end of second year gymming on and off, and then. Um, I've done, I made quite a lot of progress. So I think I was down to like, I'd lost like 10 kgs, which was pretty fucking good. Um, I still didn't look any better in my eyes. I was like, oh, definitely something to do some work. But kind of through university degree, there's like a lot of learned about weight programs. How do you like structure it and all that kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. And, um, it really interested me, but I just never had the confidence to really put that together. And I was like, if I put it together, I don't feel like it. I probably won't do it. Yeah. Whereas, like, if I buy something from someone I think knows what they're talking about, I'm going to stick to it because I paid money for it. And also, it's all just out there, so it's easy to do. So it was more a case of just I was quite motivated and wanted to continue it on. Um, and I really thought about stagnating because. It was kind of a slow burn, so yeah. kind of, there was at points, but really it was just because like one week I'd go on a night out, next week I wouldn't, so it was just a slow burn the whole time. Yeah, and then even when you were doing the programs and stuff, it wasn't like you like sort of hibernated or anything. You would still, I imagine, go out, do your socials and do all that stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just social animal, but um, it was more kind of like you go out, once, twice, max a week, but the rest of that was not squeaky clean. But you know, most of the meals were pretty, pretty decent. As I said, I was walking everywhere. I was going to the gym, probably doing half an hour of cardio as well. Yeah. Like, I'm really active and eating a lot better. So, 
Yeah, so I guess, and that's a huge, that's a huge transition that most people like don't ever go through because they because what what you've done there is gone from um, be being completely unaware or, or sort of dismissive of everything about um, your physique and, and nutrition and and working out like you, you you know you wanted to play sport but that was it and then you just ate and then you, that was it and then next thing you know because that's what most people do you ended up doing what most people do is being unhappy with your body shape because things just sort of go awry. And yeah. rather than just look for a quick fix there, because you've done that slow burn, it now sounds like at this point in your life, um, where you're at there is, it's now part of your lifestyle. Like you're thinking about like everything sort of, you know, is not necessarily like a calorie in, calorie out machine, but you are way more cognizant of all of that process and everything that you can do that can either contribute to helping you look the way you want to do or take away from it. Yeah, and it also helped that... Um one of my housemates in third year, he was also, um, well, he's a bit of a gym monkey. Yeah. So he kind of just helped the whole go um, together, work out together, like just made a routine the whole time, um, which is really helpful. For because sure. Like, you know, you can lose, motiv- not lose motivation, but um, there's just some days you don't want to go. But if someone else wants to go, it makes it so much easier. Yeah. Well, you think about it like if, I put the, I've had this thought a few times, but like if you just showed up to work when you wanted to work and when you wanted to earn money, even though, even though like you know you need to earn money, there'd be so many days where like oh, if you don't show up today, you don't get paid. Most people would probably end up working like three, three or four days a week and they'd probably take a day off even though they know that they need money and at the end of the month, they'll turn around and they'll look at it and be like, oh crap, you know, I'm short on whatever it is. Whereas because you've got that stigma of being forced to go, um, everyone just does it. And that's sort of the same way that you should see the gym, I think, because, again, at the end of the month, you know, it's the, it's the consistency and that sort of stuff that helps more than anything else. Yeah, exactly. All right, so cool. So then you went from there, and then um, was there anything special that prompted you to start coaching, or was it just because you were intrigued about nutrition? Um, probably just intrigued about nutrition, really, because I kind of got to grips with um, with training, whether that's weight training or like running stuff, that kind of, that kind of crap. But like nutrition always um, sort of like a bit of a grey spot for me. Like there's so many different theories of like how you should probably put a diet together. Like you always got people like keto, people are vegan. Like and people are like I can't give you other diets, but like everyone's got their own like little spin on it. Yeah, kind of like weight training, but with nutrition it seems to be more extremes of where they go up into like. Keto swears out for the most part carbohydrates, which just seems you don't really see that in like training styles. Yeah, no, I know, like, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, it's not. There's more. I don't know. How, uh, yeah, I, I guess with with training styles, you can always add in extra stuff. But with with um, nutrition, there's like loads of different hard set rules that people sort of swear by. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, all right, and then what did what did you? I guess we'll go from there and say what did, what did you learn whilst being whilst going under the coaching service. Um, learn, learn basically like how to split up calories for the day. So like set a target of how many calories you're going to eat, and then how do you divide that throughout the day? That's um, that's going to like satisfy you. So not only are you going to get quality nutrition in, but also like you know if I eat. 
say a thousand calories for breakfast, then I've only got a thousand left for lunch and dinner, and I know I'm going to be hungry between those, and Jamie's just unhappy and probably snack out in the evenings. Yeah, it was like more like learning that how to eat really, and like how to play a difference. And, and what did, what what sort of did you just fall into a certain habit of or a way of doing it, or did you just? It was like trial and error. Yeah. Um, so you obviously hear a lot of people saying like breakfast is the most important meal of the day, but I definitely then I found that I was never hungry in the mornings. Yeah. Um, and I think that's because I was still a student. I didn't have a job, so there was nothing for me to do in the morning. Like I might I might go to the gym. I might do some uni work. There was nothing like to get up. Whereas now that I've got a job and I get up like breakfast actually is important but at the start it was like right well I didn't eat breakfast so then it was like right when am I hungry so I was always hungry at lunch so have a good lunch and then it was finding like times after that when I was hungry and then building um, my diet around that so I kind of pre-planned when I was going to be hungry and then having meals then so I was never like reaching for a biscuit or stuff like that was the idea behind it yeah, I, I I usually find that if you if you're going to skip a meal, it's going to be bre- it should be breakfast because that's when your willpower is the strongest and that's when you can sort of just keep going through and you're usually not necessarily yeah I'd say usually you're least bored in the mornings as well. You've always got there's always something to do, um, yeah. whether that is work or whatever it is. Um, so it's a, so it's easy to take your mind off of food. Whereas once you get to the evening, like that's I think that's why. Like no carbs after 5 p.m. or no eating after 5 or 6 p.m. is the hardest because that's when usually you're most bored. And so, and your willpower is going to be at your lowest because you've made more decisions throughout the day. So then, like, you should be able to give yourself that flexibility to eat some food at that point because it's just really hard to stay disciplined at that point. Yeah, exactly. And so you exactly. found that that's 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 what worked best for you. Um, was there anything about like carbs or, or fats and stuff that you learned, or or anything that you think you you look back on, um, having learnt, you know, having gone through the coaching service? Like, is there anything that you sort of look back on and be like, oh crap, I never really understood this until I got coached with with, with regards to nutrition? Um, nothing like a standout. I think it was like a case of, I learned quite a lot, obviously, for the coaching service, but then moving on um, to postgraduate um, degree and stuff, like we learned a lot through nutrition then, so there's kind of little knowledge nuggets that I'd learned there, like you know, carbohydrates being like the body's preferred fuel source. So then I was like, a little in my head, I was like, right, so really, um, that's why probably devote more carbs, especially if you're training stuff, because that's what your body wants to use. So it was more just kind of more understanding, like, what your body needs and why it needs it. Yeah. Like, planning it around. So if you're going to train, you probably want to put a few carbs beforehand, in theory, so you've got some energy to to crack on. Um, and then you want some afterwards if you're trying to build some muscle to get something to build with. Yeah, so, like, from the from the degree, you you were learning the... Um, the the real science side of things and and the explanations for it, how the actual real, how the science of the body works and how that nutrition, nutrition nutritional science works, but then through the coaching or through your own experience, you you sort of understand where your personal preferences come into play so that you can stick with it. 
yeah, more the practicalities of 100% science behind it. Yeah. Um, was there anything that you were surprised about with the nutrition when we start when we started working together? Um, what really surprised me, and it still surprised me to this day, is that when you're not eating um, loads of unhealthy foods, how much actually 2,200 calories actually is. Right? Yeah. Actually eating solid food, veggies and all that kind of stuff, like you almost have too many calories there because you know, there's only so many chicken breasts and bowls of rice you can have. For sure. Um which is like, like a pleasant surprise, really, because it's like, oh, damn, I can, I can kind of pick out in a good way of like eating veggies and stuff because look how many calories I've got to eat. Um, but then it also, and it also kind of gives you an idea of like things like chocolate and crisps are just so calorie hev- heavy. Like it makes you choose when you're going to have them. Like when is a treat? Like because it's going to hamper you massively. Yeah, hundred percent. Like it's it's learning to create that flexibility for yourself, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah, with those calorie dense foods, because you've got so many foods that are, are nutritionally dense that you can be really satiated on those foods and then afford to have, yeah, you know, a bag of crisps or, or whatever it is. Um, it's almost like there's no it's no extreme either way because if you only if you never ate any any of those high calorie foods, like you're going to be stuffed the whole time and it'd be even more difficult to especially to, if you're trying to gain weight or you're trying to bulk up. Like, you know, eating upwards of three or four thousand calories of just clean foods is miserable. Oh, I can imagine. Oh. Yeah, but then at the same time, um, it's easy to see how it, how easy it was for you to gain all of that weight in the first place because of um, oh because yeah, of how calorie dense these foods are. That if you're not paying attention, if I had the knowledge then that I do now, then I don't think I'd ever get to that point because you just have a clear idea of what everything was. Yeah, and you'll and you'll never go back to that point now because of that, which is great. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Well, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. No way. No way. <laughs> I don't think I'd handle it. No. Um, again. What about so? How have you found? Uh, how did you find the training? And um, I guess it didn't really differ because you were off and on for the most part bit to before. But was there anything that like kind of surprised you about the training that we did and stuff? Um. Yeah, I found like going for like a training plan that you know from someone who knows what they're doing of how like you can get for some quality work without feeling like ass the next day. Yeah, people like sensationalize like on oh, leg day you've got to not be able to walk, but like that doesn't help anyone. And like especially like going into rugby after your training, like you could actually see a difference. Like you feel a bit quicker on your feet, a bit more powerful and stuff. And like it was gradual, but you could definitely see it. Um, which I hadn't experienced before my training because like, I was never like looking at uh, like how do I focus on power here. It was more like just pick up the weight, do it, and hopefully I'll have big legs by the end of it. Yeah. So it was nice to see like a clear from like doing the training to how it translates onto the pitch and like another points. That's but, awesome. Yeah. W- weren't you a forward when you first started? Were you a forward? No. Nah, so like um, I've always been a back. But when I finished my undergrad and came back home, um, and I was playing for my local team, they were, they were all farmers. So it goes through a case of like in the season where if like lambing starts or something, you just like lose half your team. <laughs> so we were like blessed with a good number of backs, but not with many forwards. And then one particular game, didn't have enough forwards, and I just said, "I'll I'll I'll give it a go." I think I played like second row, 
and uh, I didn't disgrace myself. So it ended up the rest of that season that I was like uh, playing back row at the end of that. They realised I wasn't a second row, but I could kind of get away with playing like six. Yeah. The season um, in the forwards, yeah. Which is probably the most fun I've had because like you're just in the action the whole time. But yeah, forwards is way more fun than the backs. Oh, way way more fun. But I don't I haven't really got the uh, the nouse for it at the moment. So, <laughs> but it was a good season. Yeah. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. And then, um, have you, I guess, is there anything that you enjoy about, because obviously you're now part of Team Rugby Muscle. In fact, you're the Team Rugby Muscle model, as you like to point out, right? (laughs) Um, Is there anything that you enjoy about this, the the way it's done now versus what you were doing with the coaching, or? Um, I suppose, like, with the app on your phone, it's just... um just easier to turn up. I've always got my phone with me and it's all on there. And in actual fact, you can do it whenever you want. Whereas, um, especially online coaching before, it was all on those Excel spreadsheets. It was kind of one of those, take a photo, take it to the gym, mark it down on my notes and bring it back and fill it in. Yeah. Whereas, just ease. It just means it shows how lazy I am, but the best thing I can think of is... No, it makes, that, makes, that makes sense. Like again, But everyone's lazy like to an extent. So the easier you can make things like that, the, you know, the easier it is. What, like, what, if, you, if you can make things easier, why would you not? Exactly. Yeah, exactly, I suppose. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, uh, and and I, guess, I guess you haven't really... Did you ever... You, you were still... When did you graduate from your master's? Um, so technically, I haven't graduated yet. That's like next oh. month. But I finished in January. Okay. Um, and whilst you were doing the coaching and sort of, and those and doing the programs and stuff, did you ever find that that like you related that back to um, your, your you know your your studies and stuff? Yeah. So um, we had to do some uh, assignments where you take a a made up. Um, sportsmen kind of talk about how you can create a plan, make them a better player. And I found having actually, you know, done the training through the coaching review, is I had a better understanding of like practically what you could set out for a sportsman. Yeah. Like it's easy to put down like the perfect plan and be like, well, they're going to do this, 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 and this. Whereas it never works out in the in the real world. And that was kind of the point of the assignments. It was more a practical take on everything rather than pure theory so it just kind of helped when going through all of that being like actually I know what um, how a sportsman probably feels but obviously not I'm an elite sportsman but you kind of get an idea that actually not every day you're going to be 100% smashing out gym sessions like they're going out of fashion yeah Um, and then having done a placement as well it kind of all came together that I could relate to them a bit more because I was like actually you know, I'm training hard. I can't understand it. You can help explain to them why they should be doing things. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people go to the gym with the point thinking that they've just got to completely beat themselves up, and like, it's almost like they've <clears throat> put the cart before the horse. Because really, what what happens is, if you do some some of the effective training that you do will make you feel sore or tired or whatever the next day. But that's a result of the training. It's not. It's not the thing. That's not the goal of the training. It's just. A, it's just. It happens to be 
one of the things that happens. What you're actually going for is to get a result to be fitter or stronger or whatever it is. It's not to try and make you feel sore the next day, which people will think misinterpret and they see that and they think, oh, you know, these guys train hard and they feel sore the next day. That's what I've got to do. And it's like, no, that's not, that's just a byproduct of training hard sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Um, You see that quite a lot on Instagram, really. Like, yeah. Like grind and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Like feeling as terrible as possible. But the only people that you see that with are either people that are trying to do like online, promote their own online coaching service or whatever it is. Um, Or you see it with people for a a few weeks or a few months at most. And then you never see it again from them because they get, they got burnt out and give up. Yeah, exactly. Um, So, when you see your your mates or your teammates training as well, is there anything that differs about the way that you train or the way that you think that they should train um, as rugby players, I guess, compared uh, to what you do? Yeah, I think they probably they probably admit as well they probably should do more um, some more field work. Mm-hmm. You know, every player wants to be a bit quicker, you know, a bit more agile, but they all kind of sit like five by five programs. You know, get a squat, bench, and deadlift all that kind of other way. Um, when actually I'd say maybe you know sack off um, one gym session a week and just go down to the field and you know do some sprints, do something like that. Um, a bit more sport specific, like yeah, for sure. Have you found that help? That's helped your your game a lot. Yeah, yeah, like just a whole different approach to training, way better um, than just kind of just thinking, almost seeing like the gym. And rugby is like two different things, like to actually bridge the gap and see like an end goal to everything. And then also getting out on the field and actually sprinting to get better at sprinting, which is a <laughs> funny way of looking at it. Yeah, it's a, it's a completely mind-blowing concept, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never <laughs> <it> coming. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like whilst we're talking about that field work and the conditioning stuff, um, you know, I think that's what a lot of guys should be seeing when they watch the World Cup as well. Like, along with the physicality of the sport, if you look at, like, obviously Japan, but New Zealand and all these other teams, they're not, they're not great because they're spending all their time in the bloody gym. They're great because they are all fit, but with their skills as well. You can tell that they're doing a lot of fitness work, but field fitness work. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Have you been watching a lot of the World Cup? Uh, any chance I get. I'll probably be doing less work at work at the moment, just second screen on the World Cup whenever I can. Yeah. Um, who, who, who are you backing to win it? Uh, I could see the three main contenders I can see is obviously New Zealand um, because, you know, they're just fucking class. Yeah. Um, but I could also see England doing quite well. I mean, they'll probably steamroll the Aussies uh, this weekend. And then, you know... I think they've got a good chance against New Zealand. I think the game kind of suits going against them. And the other team would probably be Wales. Because they're just... Oh. I just feel like, you know how Warren Gatton was like, my team forgotten how to lose, all that kind of stuff. It was a bit cliche, but I do believe it. Like, they just seem a pretty tough nut to crack. Yeah. I, I actually agree with you to an extent. Like, they are... They just grind out results, like, when they beat Australia. Yeah. Like, like it, nothing flashy. It was just... <laughs> yeah. Do it. They didn't. They didn't play well in that second half, but they just ground it out, and like you never felt that they were really going to lose. No, they just got a way to just kind of get the points. So I can just see it happen. 
they kind of did that throughout the whole Six Nations too. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. might you might be onto something here. Um, now, this podcast will actually come out after the quarterfinals, so we could be wrong, and Wales could have already could have like capitulated, and the French could have somehow pulled a performance out of their ass. Well, that'd be very French for the French. <laughs> they're on the verge of mutiny, so they're probably going to get to the final. So, who knows, mate? Um, is is there anything that you've been um, that you've thought about watching the World Cup that you sort of want to implement in your game, or that sort of? Uh, Giving you um, any sort of other insights into your game or your performance? I'd like to have a sixth step like uh, Anthony Watson. Oh, yeah. When he gets the ball, he's just so explosive. It's amazing to watch, especially for a guy who's just come back from tearing his Achilles. Like, obviously, no, he's gone for all the rehab and all that kind of stuff, but even still, like, you wouldn't know he's been injured for over a year. Yeah, the next phase of Team Rugby Muscle, mate. Uh, or your next phase, I think. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because you're on it early, so you'll be running, come into the next phase, and we'll be doing agility work. So that'd be good. Um, but yeah, the, absolutely. The, his whole, if anything, like going through rehab can actually help your agility because you just re, you just reset all of your mechanics and make them as efficient as possible, and you have no choice like to fall back into your old habits because you're already hurt. Yeah, I think that that's a, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. A six step. That would be... Uh... Yeah, we'll get into that, mate. That would absolutely be a yeah. thing. Um, all right, last few questions. So, favourite gym lift? Uh, back squat. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I don't know what it is. I think it's just love the pain, really. Sets of... sets Like, set higher rep sets or lower rep sets? Oh, no, I can't get on board with high rep set. But, like, <laughs> good set of three, but um, good amount of weight on there. Yeah. So, so it makes you feel solid. Yeah, it just makes you feel like you're a bit of a man, you yeah, know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, favourite supplement? Uh, just, oh, caffeine, definitely. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. I've got coffee in my hand as we speak. Oh, um, do you ever Have you ever tried to cut it out? Yeah, um, definitely try to cut it out. Um, and it just makes me an irritable, irritable man. Yeah, I don't know if I, I don't know if I wrote about this or publicised this, but I, I went through like a month or so period of trying to cut out caffeine on my side, and uh, I felt a lot better for finally completely going to zero. And then have and then I, the best few weeks were the first few weeks when I reintroduced it, and I was having like one or two cups a day and just feeling great off each one. And then slowly but surely, I'm sort of back into probably drinking too much coffee. Yeah, but it makes me feel great, so I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah, exactly. It's the best supplement out there. Absolutely. All right, and then um, last question, favourite food? <sighs> oh, favourite food. Do you know what? I had to go old fat boy Tom and just say a Domino's pizza. Oh, really? Uh, now, like, I haven't had them for you know, as frequently in, like, in ages. Like, you sit down with one of those puppies and, like, it's just just a great time. What's your base? Oh, what's base? I think just a um, I forgot what it's called now. Texas barbecue, is it? Oh yeah. Oh, mate, a bit of chicken on there, bit of peppers. Oh yeah, barbecue. it's got that barbecue sauce, that kind of yeah. It's, I know what you're talking about. If you um, want to do it, just go hard. And, cr- and what's your, and crust? Uh, I go for normal crust. Uh, I'm, not, I I'm not a big fan. It's too thick. Yeah, and like it just sometimes like if you have like a sauce in them, the crust, Oof. like too hot. And like you just end up burning yourself. 
and I don't need that kind of pain from someone I love. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, I don't, but I know I, I don't like the thick crust. I like the nice thin Italian. Like, it's, my favorite pizza really is Italian, like, is the real thin Italian like wood burn ones. Those are oh yeah, a nice little bit of crunch. Plus, the good thing about those pizzas is when I bang on about eating a pizza most days, it's those because they're nowhere near as calorific because they've got a, you know like a tenth of the dough. Yeah, exactly. So thin, so yeah. But then, yeah, every now and again, if you do have a thick one, it, it's actually pretty nice. That's what she said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got in there, boy. All right. Um, well, it's been awesome having you on. Um, I think there's a good, unique insight that you've given there about how uh, easy it is just to become an absolute porker, but how easy it is to also then write that ship and sort of get back on the wagon and now now become a rubby muscle model, a... Uh, Starting, are you, are you are you back on the wing now or are you playing center? Um, if I'm with the ones, I'm on the wing. Um, but if I get down in the twos, then I can re flourish in the centers. Nice, right? I keep grinding away. You just got to keep being that annoying guy in training and just go to the coach being like, So when am I gonna get my shot? and then eventually they'll cave. Yeah, then... yeah, you do. You, you do have to talk to your coach, like, because they're obviously they're seeing something. Whereas a lot of people would just be like, oh, that coach is an idiot. He's not picking me. And then that's it. And then there's obviously going to be something specific. And then if they give you something specific, then you can work on that. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And it might take a few months or it might take a, a long time. But if, the, if someone sees a weakness in your game, you want to know about it because then you can work on it. Yeah, exactly. Got to keep going. Yeah, it's been great having you on. Um, is there anything else uh, that you wanted to discuss or uh, any points you wanted to mention or anything? Any um, shout-outs? Shout-outs? <laughs> I've got no one to shout-out. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Shout-out to your mum. Actually, yeah. let's not have her listen to this podcast, eh? Definitely doesn't want to listen to this. Well, it was awesome having you on, mate, and um, good chatting to you. Yeah, cheers, man. Good chatting. Yeah. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this or any other episode of the Rubbing Muscle Podcast, please feel free to share it with your friends or teammates. It's something that little things like that that you can do that really do help the show grow. And the more we grow, the more we can help you guys out. Another thing that you can do is go ahead and give us a five-star review on iTunes. That only takes about 20 seconds. And again, it helps us grow and helps us spread the podcast to people that need it. If you're interested in stepping up your training, then visit rugby-muscle.com where you can pick up 50 free rugby conditioning sessions or you can join Team Rugby Muscle where you get world-class strength and conditioning delivered directly to your phone. That's rugby-muscle.com for more information on all of that. Thank you guys for so much for listening and we'll see you in the next one.